times Welcome to Subtle Beast, everybody. I am your host, Folt, sitting here with my partner in crime, as always, my co-host, Mr. Steve Apostolopoulos. Steve, how are you, brother? I feel amazing, Foltz. How about yourself? I feel good. I feel good. Uh, it's been a little bit. It's been since, a while, uh, yeah. Since we put a podcast out. I was going to say it's been a little bit since we've been in the studio, but we've been in the studio uh, working, working on the times that you know we can. You know, it's a it's a busy time of year and things, so everyone's got things to do. But as promised, as we had uh, put out on social media, that we would have a podcast again before the holidays. So here we are putting it out, and it's going to be a barn burner tonight. I'm excited. I'm excited for it. Probably last podcast of 2018. Yeah, I would definitely say so. I mean, uh, everyone's going to be having things to do and. But uh, hopefully on their travels, we can give them uh, something something really good to listen to. I love the selections. I love the way we make the selections. I love the whiteboard. And uh, on this one, I love the way we bumped it up. Yeah, we certainly did. We, we had something completely different lined up for tonight. And uh, to be completely honest, we bumped maybe five or six different podcasts so we could put this one out tonight just because there's so much information that is coming out on this uh, on this topic. It's been coming out for the last two years. It's been pouring out um, from some some insiders, and it's going to be a really great podcast. And uh, I remember the first time you gave me the concept, and I'm not going to give it away, but uh, it blew my mind. Really, yeah. And it's one of those things that if you don't have a whole lot of knowledge on it, and then you start to hear a lot of these different stories. It's mind-bending, and it really takes a certain person to, you know, really wrap your head around some of these things. Uh, honestly, for this one, I feel like we did a deep dive. I, I think so. I think so. Um, I, I think that our research and the information that we were able to obtain is just top-notch, and I'm ready to kick it off. I'm, I'm ready to hear it, man. So we're going to be hitting you with 20 and back. And we're just going to leave you with that, and you're going to find out the rest as we dive into this podcast. So, 20 and back is the standard phrase used to describe the tour of duty undergone by recruits into the SSP, or the Secret Space Program. The turn... 20 and back refers to the 20-year commitment that these military men and women make when they sign up to go into space, or the amount of time they are forced to serve as slaves. Recent whistleblowers divulged their involvement in the SSP are Tony Rodriguez, who went public in 2016, and Michael Gerloff, who went public in 2017. Their testimonies are remarkable and echo the accounts and experiences of many other whistleblowers who have recalled lost memories and or gone public with their own story, having been part of the Secret Space Program. These include Michael Relf, Arthur Newman, a.k.a. Henry Deacon, Andrew Bashago, who, by the way... Uh, I've reached out to uh, Andrew Bashago and asked him if he would kindly do our podcast. And he wrote back to me and saying that he would. And I haven't heard back from him yet. So we're going to have to get back in touch with him again. I, can, I hope we set that up with Andy. That would be phenomenal. If you don't know and who Andy Bashago is, definitely look up his work. 
let's see. So Andy Bashago, Bernard Mendez, Michael Prince, Max Spears, Randy Kramer, a.k.a. Captain with the letter K or K, K-A-Y-E. Their accounts vary in credibility, however their similarities are striking. Many of these men talk about having set foot on Mars, but only some, Ralph Kramer specifically refer to the 20 and back military program, as Rodriguez and Gerloff do. Now 20 and back, that can equal time travel and age regression as well. Now, one of the alleged hallmarks of a 20 and back program is that it involves highly advanced technology, time travel, and age regression, whereby the recruit at the end of his or her service is actually brought back in time to the point at which he or she signed up. Plus, they are age regressed to be brought back to the age they were at the time of that they went into the program. This means, in effect, that they gain a whole extra 20 years experience in life, although often those memories are inaccessible and buried deep within their subconscious. In other words, they live that same age range slash period in their lives twice over, in different places, doing different things. And the crazy part of it all, only one of those timelines remains active. That is crazy. So if you think about it, this guy or these these insiders, they do a 20 and back. Let's say they're 18. So then they're 38 when they complete it. Their age regressed back to 18, taken back to their exact point in time where they met to go or to discuss this secret space program. And yet it's still the original timeline. That's a tough thing to wrap your head around. The, the age regression is definitely a tough a tough thing. First time I heard that, I was like, man, I don't get it. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 it kind of reminds me of, uh, I can remember when I was a kid, and I'd always have questions, ask my parents about God and things of that nature, and I was always like, say to my mom, well, God, God will God will always be like for eternity. I said, that's, that's hard for, you know, for me to understand. She said, no, that's not hard to understand. She said, what's hard to understand is God has always been. There's no beginning. So, I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of that. It's like, whoa, they, they, they went back in time. He went back in age 20 years, but he's still at the original timeline. So, well, let's talk about this a little bit more. 20 and back. Tony Rodriguez, this guy claims he worked as a slave on a cargo ship in the secret space program. Now, Rodriguez claims was abducted at a young age and eventually ended up in a 20 and back program. He claims he was abducted by five aliens after teasing another kid in his grade whose father was high up in the Illuminati. He had gray ETs in his house. He had met a funny reptilian who joked around with him and did Bruce Lee impersonations. He ended up in a situation where he was used with other children in Seattle at the age of 13. He underwent some brutal training and being forced to attend some rituals and engage in some cannibalism. He or his group tested as the Theta or Psychic. Later on at age 16 in 1988, he claims he went to the moon. Now, during his time in the SSP, Tony was treated as a slave and had to work incredibly hard. He and the other recruits were treated with the carrot and stick mentality, i.e. either rewarded or punished. He worked as a cargo officer on a ship within the solar system, dropping off cargo at various bases, including, uh, including moons of other planets 
and um, and moons of Saturn. He reveals how some of the cargo was advanced alien technology, nuclear missiles far more sophisticated than terrestrial nuclear weapons. He mostly worked on Ceres, the largest asteroid in the solar system, in the asteroid belt between Mars and Jupiter. There is a large base concealed in the darkness at the location on Ceres, where the sun doesn't shine. Tony recalls visiting many Earth-like planets during his secret space program time. The fact that he recalls so many details, some minor, some major, from his time working in the SSP, lends some credence to his account. For instance, he saw Nazi Eagle a lot on uniforms of officials who commanded him, sometimes with a swastika below, sometimes with other symbols. He saw Ahuna Mons out of his spaceship window. He saw other spaceships and hangars, and he describes a giant train station in series with giant horses built with scaffolding in an underground cavern. The slave workers were constantly spied on, but no one could see the cameras. Now, despite being a slave, he... He claims he was occasionally compensated with 20 bucks here, 20 bucks there, and a currency called francs, which looked a lot like Germanic currency. There were facial recognition technologies for shopping. There, there were automatic or atomic translators, German and English. So he could converse with some of the grumpy middle-aged female German storekeepers there. There was an artificial telepathy with a machine as opposed to natural organic telepathy, and he used an incredibly fast train system there for transportation. This train system used magnets. You could get anywhere on Ceres within 30 minutes, despite the fact that it was 580 miles in diameter. So Tony Rodriguez is one of the most famous whistleblowers when it comes to the secret space program. Also, another one of the most famous is Michael Gerloff. And Michael Gerloff claims to have been watched from a young age. Michael Gerloff is a marine whistleblower who claims he was recruited into the secret space program at age 18 in 1978. He displayed psychic abilities from a young age. For example, at age 3, he had left his body and had an outer body experience. Gerloff later found out that his DNA doesn't match that of his parents. Gerloff doesn't have much memory recall like Rodriguez does, but the way he describes being recruited into and returned from the secret space program is fascinating. He claims he was training to be a Marine when in the middle of a test he was taken aside by a captain and invited to be part of the secret space corporation. Once Gerloff accepted, he was taken into a room with a load of paperwork and recalls Lockheed Martin being part of the paperwork. He asked the captain if he could make a call, which the captain denied. But the captain did say he would send Gerloff's family a military telegram called a Marsgram to let them know that Gerloff was safe. Gerloff remembers being told about the 20 and back program and being promised that he would be brought back in time at the completion of his tour of duty. After 20 years had passed, he was taken right back to the very moment where he signed up, into the same room, into the same chair, with the same captain sitting there. He was very dazed and discombobulated, and he couldn't quite work out what had happened. He went on to serve in the regular Marine Corps for some time. 
He recalls that there was something about the Marsgram telegram and about the conflict with the North Korea, which is a topic in the news now, that may have been intended to trigger his memories. He also recalls some interesting details. After his time in the secret space program, when he went to serve on in the regular Marines, he sustained a calf injury and noticed during boot camp that it began festering as though his body were rejecting something. He pulled out a small, mucus-like sphere the size of a BB gun pellet. He flushed it down the toilet at the time, but now in hindsight, he thinks it was a tracking device. He also recalls volunteering for experiments with big pharma drug called Hylosan in the military program. In his interviews, Gerloff displays a strong commitment to the truth. He states that the secrecy has made us less of a nation. He was officially sanctioned to come forward at this time with his disclosure testimony by a U.S. Marine Corps intelligence group running the Space Marines. That's a pretty incredible story. Yeah, it is. What and uh, if you want to be able to, um, if you want to hear his testimony for yourself, you can go out to YouTube. Just simply put in twenty and back and put uh, Michael Gerloff, G E R L O F F. And he's got a full extensive interview out there, and he breaks it down. He tells you about him going into the space program and then being right back in that room again and kind of just like losing his mind because he knows that what what's going on? Why am I back in this room with these same the same officer, the same guard at the door? And he basically says, you know, I was kind of losing my mind. He said, and they sat there expressionless and just let you go through it. He said, I started to think, well, this must be what they do with everyone. They let them freak out until like they get a grip on them. And then, you know, they, they ship them on their way or send them off to their next tour of duty within the, uh, quote unquote, real Marines. And, and the way that he speaks in, in, uh, the documentary is it just, you believe him. He's totally believable. He's so matter of fact, and a matter of fact, when you're watching the, he'll he'll be saying something, and then you can just tell that he's being authentic because he'll say, "Well, you know what? Let me go back and tell this part first because it'll tie into this." You know, someone that's giving you a bunch of BS isn't going to do that. They're just going to fill in the blank wherever they can, or they're like, "Oh, I forgot a part, so let me embellish this next." This guy. He he just seems like a like a truthful guy with a, you know a reputable reputation, and uh, it's highly worth checking out. I think. Yeah, the Gerloff story is definitely for the twenty and back. If 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 you want to see a documentary, definitely check out the Gerloff story. Definitely. So what we're gonna do? Um, we've compiled a, a a pretty nice list here of. Um, bunch of different whistleblowers that have come forward and they have described what like well for the lack of a better term their mission on the secret space program like it's not just one secret space program like which program they were in right so i mean it's very compartmentalized and it's broken down into many different facets and uh so we're gonna we're gonna break into that right now and see what we can get ourselves into now for decades the world has questioned the space exploration narrative propounded by NASA. While this is not widely known, NASA is essentially a military organization, which means this agency could protect sensitive information under the guise of defending national security. Now, while the evidence seems to suggest that NASA did indeed send human beings to the moon, many of the pictures taken on the moon are said to have been faked or altered, and NASA has altered 
also altered images and video taken from the International Space Station. In 2002, Gary McKinnon hacked into NASA's computer system, and the data that he found seemed to collaborate the suspicion that this government agency is hiding information from the public. McKinnon uncovered pictures of UFOs that had been edited out of satellite imagery, flight manifest for spacecraft that didn't officially exist, and lists of military officers involved in extraterrestrial operations. Buzz Aldrin, one of the first men on the moon, has reported encountering an L-shaped UFO. And this space veteran, veteran also drew attention to an artificially constructed monolith on Mars, Moon Phobos, during a startling C-SPAN interview. <clears throat> now, on multiple nights in the summer of 1952, dozens of UFOs circled over the Capitol building in Washington, D.C. Who piloted these crafts? Who hid the information that Gary McKinnon found? And who put the monolith on Phobos? That's a mystery here waiting to be discovered. And in the following lists, we're going to explore some of the <clears throat> more crazy facets of the secret space program and uh, personnel that were on these craft that may hold some more answers. Um, just a little bit more on Gary McKinnon before we go on to the next part. Uh, I mean, he, he was a savage. I mean, he was basically, he said it was the easiest thing to crack was breaking into NASA's database. And he was doing it, you know, all the time. And he came across lists of uh, officers that said non-terrestrial officers, came across names of ships that each said that he ran checks on the Internet. I mean, because he'd, he'd actually hacked into the Pentagon, too. So he ran these uh, non-terrestrial officers and the names of these ships through these Pentagon, you know, when he, when he hacked into the Pentagon and nothing, nothing matched up. And he said, now, one day, he said, I was looking through some things. He was like, and all of a sudden, I just saw my mouse, and it started sliding up towards the X, and it closed me out. He said, and I was like, uh-oh. He was like, within half hour to an hour, in came my door, got kicked in, federal agents everywhere. and But um, this was over in England, and uh, he, he, he was going to go to court and could have possibly did a lot of time, and they wanted to extra him to be extradited to the United States, but... He never was, and he never faced any um, any court or any criminal charges. And basically, he thinks he's afraid of if he would have had to go to court, well, then he would have turned it into a media circus, and all this evidence would have come out. So, Gary McKinnon. He's a savage, yeah. So, um, this first one we're going to discuss is called Solar Warden. This is the part of the Secret Space Program in the 20 and back. Now, when Gary McKinnon hacked into NASA's hard drive, some of the information he found was related to the black budget program known as Solar Warden. This program supposedly came into existence in tandem with the Star Wars Space Defense Initiative in the 80s, and McKinnon came across information that seemed to indicate that the operation consisted of eight enormous motherships and approximately 40 smaller vessels. Suppose secret space Space program insider William Tompkins claims to have helped develop the vessels used in the Solar Warden fleet. Tompkins apparently inducted into classified aerospace think tanks before he even graduated high school due to his stunning proficiency at building models of naval ships. Throughout his career, Tompkins received telepathic information including blueprints from benevolent extraterrestrials who wanted us to be able to defend ourselves. Now, according to independent testimony of multiple insiders, a treaty was made in the 1950s between malevolent ETs, represented by breakaway Nazis and the Eisenhower administration, 
in exchange for live human subjects to use for biological materials. These aliens would guarantee the military supremacy of the United States. Strict quotas were set to ensure that only a small number of humans would be abducted. It quickly became apparent, however, that the ETs were not sticking to their end of the bargain. Solar Warden was developed as a form of interplanetary border control to stop malevolent aliens from stealing more humans than they were allotted. Developed in the 1960s and 70s and deployed in 1980, Solar Warden is one of the earliest secret space programs. As international corporate interests became aware of potential profits available with interacting with ETs, however, another program was soon developed. The Interplanetary Corporate Conglomerate. The ICC, the Interplanetary Corporate Conglomerate. Lockheed Skunk Works Division has a penchant for secrecy. The existence of the F-117A stealth fighter was kept secret for nearly 10 years until the eve of the Gulf War. Though the existence of the SR-71 Blackbird is well known, Insider Edgar Rothschild Fausch claims that Lockheed has developed secret planes all the way up to the SR-75. Some of these aircrafts are apparently capable of reaching speeds in excess of Mach 10. Fultz, how, how fast is Mach 10? Mach 10 is exactly, or I should say roughly, 7,672 miles an hour. So... We're making planes now that can go 7,600 miles per hour. That would be, if you left from the East Coast, you would be bl blowing past California in like 45 minutes. Yeah, that would, that's insanely fast. Various insiders claim that Skunk Works also has made spacecraft capable of reaching other worlds. These witnesses to the secret space programs claim that Lockheed, Northrop Grumman, and various non-aerospace corporations all joined together to form an organization called the Interplanetary Corporate Conglomerate, or ICC. While the purpose of the Solar Warden is the defense of the solar system, the objective of the ICC is trade. According to the Secret Space Program Insiders, the ICC does trade from bases on Mars with over 900 extraterrestrial species. Apparently, human beings have a knack for engineering that is valuable to other species that have reached a level of development roughly comparable to our own. These Mars bases are staffed by slaves who were taken from Earth back in the 1970s and 80s, and many of these slaves now have children who are doomed to a life of abject servitude. In 2015, the British Interplanetary Society, or BIS, held a, distantly, a distinctly odd meeting. Charles Cockle, the event organizer, led his fellow society members in a thought experiment to determine how best to depose a ruthless dictator of a Martian colony. Coincidentally, this event was held within days of the same insider revealing the existence of a slave colony on, on Mars. Since there are ostensibly no human colonies on Mars to date, 
it would seem that the BIS should be more concerned with the methods for getting human beings to the red planet than they should be with the potential socioeconomical ramifications of establishing a colony that doesn't officially exist. Do these British elites know something that we don't, or are they just incredibly thorough on their contingency plans? Very, very, very interesting. ICC. Yeah. Um, I liked when they were talking about um, the witnesses to the secret space program claim that Lockheed and Northrop Grumman and various other non-aerospace corporations all joined together to form the interplanetary corporate conglomerate. And one thing that's interesting is um, whenever I fly out, uh, I go out to the West Coast <clears throat> a couple times a year. And I fly out of BWI, and I always stay at the same hotel that's pretty close to the um, airport. And um, when I drive past it, I drive past Northrop Grumman. And I always take a picture as I'm sitting at this stoplight right there. I mean, this place, you couldn't even get into the parking lot. I mean, it's just security out the waz. So, I mean, you know that they got to be part. I mean, what, what private sector would have the, the security that this place has? It, it's ridiculous. So, but moving right along uh, with another one of the 20 and back programs, um, one of them simply uh, we're calling the German breakaway civilization. Now, in the early 1930s, there's a German occultist, Maria, Maria Orsic, allegedly contacted extraterrestrials while in a trance state. Orsic was a member of the Viril Society, which itself was an offshoot of the Thule Society. Both groups were involved in investigating the origins of the Aryan race, and Orsic supposedly received information on how to build an interstellar spaceship from extraterrestrials from Aldebaran, who claimed to be um, the progenitors of the Aryans. Now, while Hitler believed that the Black Sun Society, a group controlled by the SS, had thoroughly infiltrated the Viril and Thule societies. It appears that Orsic had plans other than giving up control of her spacefaring capabilities to the warlike Third Reich. Orsic and her entire group disappeared without a trace in the final days of World War II, leading the, <clears throat> leading the occultist that she left behind to believe that she had successfully made a trip to Aldebaran in the ship that the Viril Society had constructed. The Nazis, however, had other plans in motion for achieving permanent presence among the, among the stars. That's crazy. So right at the end of the, world, the Second World War, she got out of here. Yeah, she got out of here. And you know what? Um, we've covered this on past pop podcasts, uh, Project Paperclip, or um, Project High Jump, I'm sorry, um, where they went down to Antarctica and they saw all kinds of ET craft and they were demolishing the, the fleet that was down there under control of uh, General Admiral Byrd. And um, a lot of people think, I mean, because it was never confirmed that Hitler was killed during World War II. When the Americans finally arrived at where he was, uh, he was told by German soldiers that, oh, well, he's dead and we, we've already buried him and his wife. And there was no other questioning that went into to it but over the years there's been a lot of investigation people think that uh you know not only did maybe this auric go to this aldebaran planet but that um hitler he got he got out of germany made his way down to south america and then eventually moved the whole third reich and the whole remaining nazi party that wasn't brought over to the united states to work on the um nasa 
program and to build nuclear weapons, uh, they went down there and they have like an underground fleet of these flying saucers. Intergalactic ships. Yeah. So speaking of intergalactic ships, there's another um, facet to the secret space program in the 20 and back called the Dark Fleet. Now, while the Varel Society was more interested in peaceful space exploration, the Third Reich had only one thing on mind, conquest. According to over a dozen supposed secret space program insiders, the militaristic ambitions were held along greatly when the Nazis made contact with an extraterrestrial group called the Draco sometime in the 1930s. When discerning common threads among the varying testimonies given by mediums, contactees, and insiders, it can be established that the Draco are interplanetary empire that originated in the vicinity of the Orion constellation. This empire is composed of a variety of different reptilian humanoid species, and the Draco are centrally controlled by a highly advanced artificial intelligence. According to the secret space program lore, this artificial intelligence is from a different universe, and its sole purpose is to destroy and conquer all forms of biological life. You know what that makes me think of is that Tom Cruise movie, where he was told, you know, there's, there's aliens down on the planet, but it was really humans. What was that movie called? I can't remember. It was great. Oh, I remember what but you're talking about. That alien civilization was run by artificial intelligence. Right, right, right. Oh, I forget. What a great movie, though. I'll think of it. Yeah. Now, the purpose of the artificial intelligence that has infested the Draco in the form of nanities is to pervert or invert the sacred image of advanced life that the Christian Bible refers to as the image of God. The secret space program insiders speculate that cultural depictions of the devil and demons originate from unconscious or lore-based knowledge of the Draco, and the insider community believes that the Draco subsist on something called luge. Now, luge is a spiritual energy that is released by humanoid life forms that experience negative emotions or physical pain. Therefore, the elite cast in societies that have been infiltrated by the Draco turn traitor against their own species in order to en engineer prisons that keep their fellow beings enslaved, terrified, ill, and ignorant. Now, these misanthropic mis priorities made by the Draco and the Nazis are a perfect match. The Nazis sought spacefaring capabilities, and the Draco sought a new species to add to their interstellar army. The Draco Empire, though consistently besieged by benevolent extraterrestrials, spans a great deal of territory throughout the galaxy. The Dark Fleet, which is mainly composed of ethnic Germans, is used by the Draco to defend existing territory and conquer new planets and other star systems. While the Dark Fleet apparently has sizable presence here in the Sol system, their main forces are deployed in distant regions of the galaxy where they join other captured races in the perennial task of expanding the slave empire of beings that many on our world would consider to be demons. Ugh, man, that whole thing... Yeah, just I mean, everything yeah. by AI. Yeah, and it's it, it's crazy, and it's not far fetched. And you know what? A lot. I mean, I believe I believe all of these testimonies. Now, another one of the programs that follows suit with that was one is one called um, Project Moonshadow. Now, according to 
alleged secret space program insider Randy Kramer. Project Moonshadow was a MyLab program. MyLab always makes me think of Terminator for some reason. It's a MyLab thing. MyLab program designed to train genetically augmented super soldiers. MyLab is a contraction of military abduction, and this term refers to a number of projects that were supposedly conducted to obtain and train assets. Usually, children were chosen for the secret space program. Many of these projects assess the eligibility of sensitive individuals for work as intuitive empaths, which is a position that involves interfacing with extraterrestrials who have evolved beyond the need for vocal uterances. Usually, these natural-born empaths were identified from a distance using reversed-engineered extraterrestrial technology. The developers of Project Moonshadow, however, genetically engineered embryos from a group from the group up that were then implanted into unwitting female hosts. These children would be born and live a few normal years before being brought aboard secret space program craft in the dead of the night. They would be flown to the moon where they would participate in training exercises designed to bring out their latent abilities. In sharp contrast to other MyLab programs, the training provided in Project Moonshadow did not involve traumatizing experiences. According to Kramer, Project Moonshadow consisted of 300 boys and girls who were trained in strategy, agility, and strength. Later, these genetically engineered child soldiers were given live weapons and trained alongside bemused adults. According to testimony of insiders, such as Tony Rodriguez, other MyLab programs expose children to absolute depths of horror. Some of, some of the children were even murdered in front of other children. MyLab participants were put into virtual reality scenarios in which they were pitted against monsters and forced to fight for their lives, and a general worship of occult practices was, pre was prevalent. Kramer was spared this hell, but he would soon find himself in a situation nearly as merciless. After his training... Kramer was apparently inducted into a military organization known as the Mars Defense Force. The MDF was a joint operation created by a number of different Earth governments to guard five burgeoning colonies on Mars. Kramer recollects visiting Ares Prime, which was the first colony built on the Red Planet. He describes this colony as containing a full Earth-like ecosystem complete with farmers, engineers, and bureaucrats. Now, Kramer reportedly defended these bases from indigenous Martians and other extraterrestrial species. He completed 17 years of his tour of duty on Mars before he was reassigned to the moon for his remaining three years of service. Now, like other secret space program assets, Kramer alleges that he was involved in a so-called 20 and back, which is a 20-year term of service that we've talked about, where each uh, participant agrees with a litany of consent forms at the end of this obligation then uh, goes right back to the very beginning. The memories wiped and the age is regressed back to the age when they were entered into the program. Uh, they are then sent back to the point in time within minutes of their original date of departure. According to various insiders, only 2 to 5% of 20 and back participants ever regained their memories. And I, and I have to think because of um, that, um, the first insider that we were talking about, um, he said that he thinks that his Marsgram that was sent to his parents was used as a trigger for him to recall things 
later in life. Michael Gerloff. Yeah, Gerloff. And um, he and like he said, he also thought that the the incident with North Korea that we were going on, that somehow that triggered, because it seems like, you know, they want you to believe or they want you to remember in some fashion in your life, but we don't know why exactly yet. Now, outside of that, even another group referred to as the Global Galactic League of Nations. Try and say that five times real fast. <laughs> yeah. Now, it's widely believed in the insider community that the Roswell UFO incident was indeed an instance of crashed extraterrestrial spacecraft. American aerospace contractors and the Nazi scientists involved in Operation Paperclip were tasked with reverse engineering this craft to produce usable technology. The craft that had been reproduced from the Roswell crash and other similar incidents are known as alien reproduction vehicles or ARVs. So that's... If you see, if, if you were to see a craft in could the sky, it could be alien or it could be an alien reproduction vehicle. Yeah. Now the TR-3B is an example of a com- commonly cited ARV. So if you're not familiar with the TR-3B, um, it's the black triangle with uh, the lights on the corners. Um, most likely, the object that was involved, if not a bigger TR-3B, during the Phoenix Lights of 1997. So um, it's pretty incredible because that is an actual aircraft. Type in TR-3B into your um, browser, and you'll see one that they have over in China, and it is amazing. Now, the United States, however, wasn't the only superpower to find the wreckage of alien spacecraft. According to insider lore, much of the information received by the American military industrial complex regarding UFOs was transmitted was transmitted by captured Nazi assets who helped reverse engineer ancient Vamana craft. Now, if you go back in our podcast way back, we talk about the Vamanas and how some of the models of the Vamanas were tested in wind tunnels and they actually flew. So um, that's actually, I think that's under our podcast, the Akashic Records. So if you want to hear more about the Vamana. Uh, the Vamana craft that the Varel and Thule societies had found in the Himalayas. These reproduction Vamanas had been operational since the 1930s, giving German scientists a leg up in the UFO game that made them into hotly contested prizes at the end of World War II. However, the Soviets didn't need German scientists to tell them all the secrets of extraterrestrial craft. According to various insiders, Stalin found a crashed spaceship on his own in Siberia that he tasked Soviet scientists to reverse engineer. The result of this initiative was a crash called the Cosmosphere, which caught the attention of American military assets in the early 1950s. The presence of these one to three man flying silver spheres in the skies as Americans were getting their own flag, flagling space secret space program off the ground ultimately led to the formation of the Global Galactic League of Nations. Russia, China, the United States, and Germany were and are the core members of this group, but other nations were given token membership in exchange for keeping quiet about the UFO phenomenon. Member nations also agreed to hand over any crashed UFOs to the American or Soviet governments. According to secret space program insiders, American and Russian assets worked together throughout the entirety of the Cold War, despite the narrative that was sold to the masses and the superpowers of the world continued to collaborate on secret space program agenda items with no concern 
to <clears throat> regularly or to theatrics regularly employed to keep the people of the world entertained and distracted. So, I mean, still going on with the ISS. Yeah, it's still going on. It's going on. I mean, we've talked about this on past podcasts, but basically anything that's ever really big news in the news insiders have said that it is a distraction at the highest level of ufo and alien presence here on this planet everything that our whole military does in some fashion is to protect the alien presence and the the reversed engineered and because it's just going to open up Pandora's box, the elite are going to lose their power. Now, you know, money's not even going to be needed anymore. I mean, those are just some of the few questions that would come up right away once these uh, uh, technologies would be revealed to the masses. So, um, yeah, so the Cold War is not anything different. I mean, Reagan met with Gorbachev during those times. And what was funny is when they met, they each, uh, they gave themselves a, a handshake that is only known within the... Um, Within the masonry, I believe. Right. They did a secret handshake when they met. Yeah. Two top leaders of countries that were all about to fight. Oh, speaking of two top leaders, this will be perfect for this next one. The Earth Alliance. So this is, you know, another one of the secret space programs. This one's called the Earth Alliance. Various insiders have revealed that highly sensitive information pertaining to extraterrestrials and the secret space programs is habitually disclosed in the form of fiction. In this way, the social engineers who have erected this monumental lie are able to accuse anyone who comes forward with the truth as misconstruing fiction with reality or stealing their ideas from TV shows. Plus, it's true that reality is stranger than fiction. It appears this tactic was undertaken to cover the tracks of the Earth Alliance. In the television show The Babylon 5, the Earth Alliance is an open confederation of human governments that was formed to protect the planet. According to the insider lore, the real Earth Alliance serves a similar function, but its actions are accomplished sub rosa. The Earth Alliance arose in opposition to what most insiders call the Cabal. This name was chosen because the members of the Cabal prefer to call themselves the Illuminati, which means the Illuminated Ones. According to the Earth Alliance, however, this group is not illuminated at all and has in fact been responsible for casting the Denzians of our planet into a dark pit of disease, war, political disenfranchisement, civic unawareness, and wage slavery. The Cabal has been controlled by the Draco for centuries, and it is the Alliance that is responsible for the commonly made connection between the occult practices and devil worship. The Earth Alliance has been working in the shadows to undo the Cabal's efforts to plunge humanity into the eternal darkness of massive depopulation and open technocratic rule. Members of the Earth Alliance have infiltrated the militaries of the United States, China, Russia, and other countries, stated that the Earth Alliance has supported President Donald Trump since the very beginning of his candidacy. Best-selling author Jerome Corsi has expanded on this point by relaying 
that the factions in the U.S. military recruited Donald Trump to run for president of the United States with their assurances that any efforts to rig the election would be nullified. This position has been confirmed by the anonymous intel source QAnon that many believe to be comprised of the same members of the military intelligence group that got Trump elected. As soon as Donald Trump was elected president, the Earth Alliance began operations across the globe designed to root out and destroy the cabal influence once and for all. U.S. Marine Corps troops have flooded into underground facilities hidden below FEMA camps and eliminated the Draco operatives. A secret military tribunal was established and over 25,000 sealed indictments have been filed at Pacer.gov since October of 2017. The Earth Alliance showed its true strength when a small fleet of dark fleet craft attempted to leave the planet from their hiding place in Antarctica. Before this event, no one knew that the Earth Alliance had developed their own secret space program, but apparently a fleet of fighter-sized spacecraft appeared from nowhere and inflicted critical damage to the fleet of dark fleet ships. As the Earth Alliance continues to perform operations on and below the Earth's surface to free mankind from the Cabal and Draco rule, it seems that they have also been inducted into the brotherhood of the secret space programs that stuff's crazy and the part that i like is when um they're talking about um the marine troops that flooded into underground facilities hidden below fema camps and um and and they took out the draco operatives in the secret military tribunal that was established and over twenty-five thousand sealed indictments filed at pacer.gov now what these 25,000 sealed indictments are is the Earth Alliance has gathered information on all like the top cabal people that have just been, you know, screwing the American people over for the Illuminati. Yeah, the Illuminati for decades. Now, what they're going to do when they have all their ducks in a row, so these people, since they're sealed indictments, they don't even know that they're going to be indicted, but they're all going to be served, these 25,000 indictments, on the same day. Now, what happens with these type of indictments that get filed with PACER is you don't get a lawyer. You're brought into a room where there's a judge and there's a, a jury of 12, and they decide whether you're guilty or innocent. Now, if they decide you're innocent, then there's not going to be any further trial. If you're guilty, then the real trial begins, and then you know, you're looking at you know, doing life. And so this Earth Alliance is doing a lot of good for us, and you know, as long as they can keep up the work, it looks like we may have some of this technology sooner than we may think. Some disclosure. Yeah. Now, one of the more famous facets of the secret space program in the 20 and back that people probably have heard this term, especially on this podcast many times, is the military-industrial complex secret space program. Now, while the members of the Earth Alliance, the Global Galactic League of Nations, and even the Cabal all agree that the secrets of the clandestine space programs extraterrestrial contact and suppressed technology should be disclosed to the people of the world. There is some contention over how this feat should be accomplished. The cabal wants to release this information over the course of generations. They are attempting to gradually engineer global society into a state in which this sort of revelation would only cement the role of the cabal as absolute and eternal overlords over mankind. 
The Earth Alliance wants full disclosure to occur now so that humanity can reap the benefits of free or zero-point energy, superluminal space flight, and advanced medical technologies. But they are fully aware that such divulgence would entirely crash the current global economic system and engender total worldwide chaos into a new world until a new world order could be established. Now, the Earth Alliance and the Cabal both intend to use third faction known as the Military-Industrial Complex Space Program, or MIXIP, as a stepping stone towards full disclosure. On page 334 of the Reagan Diaries, it is revealed that President Reagan had been briefed on June 11, 1985, on the American space program's capability of putting 300 people in orbit. This goes without saying that such a figure would be ludicrous to to consider even today on the basis of publicly revealed information. However, it appears that the black budget programs within the Air Force have been developing clandestine aerospace vehicles for at least the last 30 years. According to various insiders, films like the Avengers series have served as orchestrated facets in the effort to gradually acclimate the public to the existence of suppressed technology. This practice of seeding hidden truths into the mass media productions is called predictive programming, and it is also apparently used by the cabal to hijack our co-creative consciousness to bring out the deleterious situations. Even the most elevated members of Mixip have no idea what is truly going on in the cosmos. They have limited bases on the moon, Mars, and Earth and in Earth orbit, but they have no contact with extraterrestrials, and they believe their level of knowledge is absolute truth. It is believed that realizing information on clandine aircraft such as the TR-3B and flying aircraft carriers could prime the public for further disclosure of more expansive nature. The Cabal also intends to ignite this disclosure if they ever fear their rule to be se severely threatened, which has led many to believe that recent disclosure efforts enacted by Tom DeLong and various high-level aerospace and military personnel have been a front for the psychological warfare operations of an increasingly cornered Cabal. Now, if you want to hear more about Tom DeLong, we also did a full podcast on him. What a DeLong strange trip it's been. Check it out. And and also it's true the the cabal is growing less and less powerful and in a a great way it's because of Trump and when Trump came out and said I want to create the space force it's I mean there's there's space there are space forces that are already out there I mean we're we're talking about almost a dozen of them today. But things are changing now. They're not going to be controlled by the cabal anymore. That's right. And that's why Trump fully made that announcement to the public that they're going to do this space force. And the cabal's got to be, you know, messing themselves. Because we send people back to the moon, well, you know, with this new technology, get to the moon, see all these bases, go to, you know, Sirius asteroid belt, or go visit some of these moons of Saturn and such, and we'll see all these bases. I mean... It's just, uh, it's time. It, it really is time. It's time for the people to rise up. Yep. Like my man Steve Greer said when somebody said, well, who do you think should, should carry, should bear this cross? And he was talking to a crowd and they all said, you. He said, no, me. He was like, no, us. He was like, disclosure is only going to come from the people and obviously the Earth Alliance. So it sounds like, I think we got... What do we have? We got one more here. I think we have one more on the uh, 
That was the, we just, oh yeah, of course. Well, this one shouldn't be uh, surprising to anyone. The Secret Space Program Alliance. Now, according to numerous secret space program insiders, the Earth Alliance has a counterpart beyond the terrestrial sphere. The organization is known as the Secret Space Program Alliance, SSP Alliance, and it has comprised a variety of constituent members such as Solar Warden, the ICC, and the Global Galactic League of Nations. Though the SSP Alliance is composed almost entirely of members that spend most of their time off-planet, this organization is still highly involved in earthly affairs. The SSP Alliance represents the top of the totem pole in the secret space program hierarchy. This group has been, has been afforded a seat at the so-called Super Federation, which is composed of 60 extraterrestrial species that have been conducting experiments on Earth's humans, animals, and plant life. The SSP Alliance has also made contact with the Galactic Federation, which is composed of hundreds of different benevolent extraterrestrial races. This organization has also had contact with a society of hyper-advanced human beings who live under Earth's surface in the vast climate-controlled chambers capable of supporting human life. This society is composed of multiple groups that have branched off from the natural development of human life on Earth and led the group known as the Anshar claim to have traveled back in time from our future in order to maintain an ideal timeline. The SSP Alliance essentially holds the reins of the various benevolent secret space programs that operate in and around the soul system. This group desperately wants humanity to gain access to information and technologies that have been hidden by the cabal and many within the ssp alliances are actively preparing mankind to ride the wave of an enhanced consciousness that these societies that these societal changes will bring through belief system regarding this event very within the ssp alliance most members believe that the upcoming electromagnetic shift in the solar dynamics will actuate a quantum leap in human awareness. It is widely believed that the latent talents inherent to human consciousness have been willfully suppressed by malign actors, and the members of the SSP Alliance have united to sweep away this vestial husk of corruption and usher in a new golden age for all mankind. It's true, man. Definitely. It definitely is true. Um, it's time. That that was our uh, so that that was the information we have for you on. Uh, well, we have a we have a lot more, but this podcast would be eternal. Um, <laughs> but that is the the meat and potatoes of the twenty and back. What people are coming forward and saying that they have been part of the secret space program all over the galaxy, all over the different star systems, and just to come back to their original timeline with little hidden things coming up in their future to hopefully trigger that memory. Who knows? Maybe those are put in by the uh, Earth Galactic Alliance, those little tidbits. Like, okay, we've got to trigger their memory at some point. I was talking to a guy at work today, and I said, uh, you know, I'm doing some research on a, the secret space programs and alien life. I said, do you believe in aliens? He said, of course I believe in aliens. It's yeah. more, it happens more and more when I talk to people. I mean, if you if you if you think that the Earth is the center of the universe and that mankind is the know-all, be-all, then not only do I believe that that's an extremely arrogant way to think, 
if we're the most intelligent species in in the cosmos, we're in a lot of trouble because no one's coming to help us, and we're going to destroy ourselves. We're definitely yeah. The world's headed in that direction for sure. And if the cabal has it their way, that's exactly what'll happen. And they'll profit from it the whole way. Can you imagine the day this news breaks that twenty five thousand indictments were sent out and the oh. most the most the wealthiest people on earth will be put away and locked up and the and and the earth will return to its natural state it won't be with so many chemicals and toxins in the ozone layer yeah i mean there will be no more hunger but like they said yeah it might collapse our society but good we need to collapse so we can rebuild it back up on this new technology that's now zero point energy free to everybody yep absolutely so, I love it, folks. That was awesome. I, I loved it, too. I hope you guys all enjoyed it. Um, please remember to check us out on Facebook. Uh, we'll have some uh, different pictures up tonight. Uh, and uh, let us know what you thought of the show. And Because uh, we had a good time. Hope you did as well. Um, so when we see you, when we come back in 2019, we're going to have a whole fresh set of new podcasts. So get ready, everybody. So until then, I'm Fultz. And I'm Steve. And we'll see you next time. Take care of one another. Bye-bye.